Hey guys, Patrice here. Quick thing, we talk a lot about food in this episode, and we decided to put all the pictures of the food that we talk about on our website. So if you want to see what we're talking about, just head over to the post for this episode, number 11, and you can kind of get a better idea of what we're talking about. Okay, enjoy the episode. You're listening to Language Nerds Do Earth, the podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now, it's time for your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain, it's Patrice and Rachel. episode number 11. So today our main topic is food. Yes. And this is should be a pretty fun one. Everyone loves food. Mm -hmm. But first of all we're going to talk about our language news which is about universal expressions. We'll get into that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then we'll move on to food talking about some of our top things that we've tried while traveling. Mm-hmm. We have some tips. Some tips for how to find good food. Mm-hmm. When you're traveling. And then we will share a loss in translation moment with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but first we have a review from Barbabs on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Rachel and Patrice, five stars. I really enjoyed the podcast of Rachel and Patrice. It was fun listening to them tell about their experiences in different places. I look forward to all their podcasts. Aww. That's really Super sweet. nice. Yeah. Thank you, Barbabs. Thank you. <gasps> That's really cool. So, mm-hmm. as far as our language news goes, we have an article called Universal Expressions. Can your face say what your words can't? Hmm. What do you think? What did you think when you read that for the first time? Well, I thought (laughs) I would make a terrible Chinese person because my face always says what my words don't. (laughs) Here in China, it's a virtue to be really subtle with your face, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you know me... You know that I, like, have a lot of facial expressions. In fact, somebody this weekend said, don't don't make a Patrice face at me. And I said, what? What do you mean? And he said, that. So, like, I have very sarcastic looks. And, and if I'm really excited about something, you can tell. Like, I have a big smile and my eyes get really wide. And I think here... In Asia, especially, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, any emotions I have, you can read me very easily. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was a tangent. What did you think about it? I don't know. It kind of reminded me of episode four when we talked about human emotions. Mm-hmm. Although that was more about the feeling of the emotion. Mm-hmm. And this sound. And this is more the way that it's physically expressed on your face so i i kind of thought that yes there were universal emotions Mm -hmm. or sorry not universal emotions universal facial expressions Mm -hmm. but it turns out that there's only one yeah there is only one i need a drum roll 
they call it the knot oh, face. The knot face, that's right. And that's not like a knot. It's like N-O-T. That is so funny. So it says it's characterized by a furrowed brow, pressed lips, and raised chin. Mm-hmm. So it's the face that you make when you don't agree with something. Mm-hmm. What sound do you make when you make that face? Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. Isn't that weird? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of random. Out of all the emotions that we feel, it's the not face is the one that's universal in the way it's expressed. Yeah, that's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's not smiling, which is kind of what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was the expression in the research that they did that was identical between speakers of English, Spanish, Mandarin, and American Sign Language, too. That's crazy. But it would be interesting to see, like, you know, some other languages, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would. In fact, ASL speakers are more likely to make the not face in places signing the word not. Yeah. Wow. It's not, like, one that I can conjure up very easily in, like, experiences of seeing it. Rachel and I are over here like, not, not. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I feel like I saw it a lot in Germany. Maybe because people disagree with you so much in Germany. (laughs) I mean, I can picture it like very perfectly and I can feel doing it Mm -hmm. as well. Like, you know, when somebody says something just kind of off the wall or just a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, the face that you make, like, what? Right, right, exactly. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Cool. Interesting article. It's still language news. It's more like body language news, but mm-hmm. I, that really surprised me. The not face was the universal expression. I think... Yeah, I thought it was going to be disgust. Oh, yeah. You thought it was going to be smiling. But, eh, not face. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, now, let's move on to pretty much my favorite thing in the world. Mine too. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Food. (laughs) Sometimes I tell my husband, I don't just like eating. I like digesting, you know? like the whole process oh yeah (laughs) so we're gonna go through a list of our favorite foods that we've eaten while abroad each of us Mm -hmm. um yeah do you want to go ahead and start us off sure okay first of all just disclaimer i had a really hard time Mm. choosing yeah same and i'm not really sure of the order but anyway this is the order that i that i settled on yeah so number five for me is Egg bread slash kirimbang from Korea. Uh, obsessed. Uh, I was obsessed. Was that like in the little um, bakeries? No, so it's like a street food. Mm. And they sell it just kind of on a like a big hot slate type thing. Mm. And they're just all sitting there. They cost like $1. Uh-huh. And... They are hot, and they're, oh my god, they're so good. The base is sort of similar to, like, kind of cornbread or something like that. Okay. It tastes kind of like that. And then on top is, like, an egg, like a fried egg. Mm. Mm. Mm, my god, they're so good. And they're so, 
like filling. Nice. And as well, it was good for me to like get some protein because oh, sometimes yeah. it was harder to find. I'm sure. I'm sure eggs were like one of your only options in Korea. Yeah. That and it was super cheap. Yeah. So I don't think I ever saw that. I'm kind of upset now. If you go back, you gotta get it. Yeah. Was it like a slice of bread with an egg on top? So it's made in like a little a mold. Okay. Basically. Okay. What's the shape? Um so it's like oval shape. Okay. Oval shape. Fried egg on top. And then is the bread like sweet or savory? It's kinda like cornbread. You know how oh, it's yeah. kind of sweet and kind of savory. Oh, wow, that sounds really good. It's really good. Here I'm nice. sending you a link to the Wikipedia page. Let's see. Oh, uh, you know what? I saw it, but I don't think I ever tried it. <gasps> oh my god. What is my problem? So sad. <laughs> it is really upsetting. Okay, well, there's a possibility I'll go back in the next year or so. Uh-huh. Definitely putting it on the list of things to do. Oh man, I'm already getting hungry and we just started. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's oval and it's kind of tall. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, maybe muffin, muffin size almost. Except mm-hmm. on top isn't really a muffin top. Eh, there's almost a muffin top. Yeah, but there's also an egg involved. It looks like it was just cooked right into the bread, but the yolk is still whole. Which mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah, I didn't know. Oh, that's awful. I'm so upset. I used to eat this like. Even after I had eaten dinner or something, I would just, like, if we passed it, I'd be like, wait, hold on, guys, I need to get some. I'm not hungry. I just really want it. Oh, man. You know what? I don't think they did it in Guangzhou. I think I remember seeing it in other places. Okay. So, little forgiven, but not much. (laughs) Cool. Well, I also had a lot of trouble trying to decide on the order of Mm -hmm. this so these are really in no particular order number one is probably my most memorable so that's why it's number one but number five i have street tacos in mexico Mm -hmm. you know i'm not afraid of street food maybe someday that'll hurt me (laughs) but i remember eating tacos al pastor from a little roadside grill i want to say they were seven pesos each which came out to like 40 cents. Okay. And the tortilla in Mexico is always made of corn in these places. And mm-hmm. um, the pork is prepared al pastor style. So it's kind of, it's a little spicy and red. And you, growing up in the southeastern US, I didn't see a lot of tacos al pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yeah. you. Usually they're like cumin and beef, but they're everywhere in Mexico City. Pretty much all the food I ever ate in Mexico was so good but the tacos Mm -hmm. are just like i actually made a taco montage of seth and me eating tacos (laughs) it's like a two-minute video it's just like us stuffing our faces uh no way that's awesome (laughs) maybe i'll put that in our watch section of our website awesome It sounds really good actually this is it's really good that both rachel and i are doing this because rachel is vegetarian and you can kind of hear, especially for vegetarians out there, you can kind of hear a good a good representation of vegetarian foods as well. Represent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, cool. So my what I landed on for number four, I actually had trouble choosing, but I wanted to do something from Spain. Mm-hmm. So I ended up choosing two things. It could have been more, but I just went with two. First of all, Torrijas, which mm-hmm. the season of Torrijas is like during Easter and Lent. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like French toast kind of, mm-hmm. except it's I would say it's wetter. Okay, um, okay. And it's, like, with honey sometimes, or sometimes they have, like, sugar coating on the outside. And, my God, Ah. they're amazing. Wow. So the base is bread? It's bread, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh. And it's, I think it's a certain type of bread that then has to be, like, aged and then soaked. Mm -hmm. Like, they're so good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Like, imagine French toast just taken up, like, ten levels. (laughs) Do you put anything on top of it, like whip, like whipped cream or something? Mm-mm. No, it's already super sweet. Mm. And actually, Rachel made a blog post about torrijas in Spain. I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll link to that as well in our show notes. Yeah. The other one that I chose was eggplant, like Andalus mm-hmm. eggplant, berenjena la andaluza. Mm-hmm. Con miel, which is with honey. So it's basically like eggplant. I've seen it two ways, like either in thin little slices or in kind of um, like French fries, like mm, that shape. Interesting. So it's firm? Um, yeah. So it's deep fried. So breaded and then deep fried. Right. But it's not like a really heavy breading. It's like a light breading. And so it stays kind of crunchy and then it has the honey on top and it's Mm. got usually like fat sea salt on it. So it's like salty and sweet. Oh, yeah. It's really, really good. Talk dirty to me, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds awesome. And that's especially Mm. popular, I think, more in the south of Spain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Andalusia is in the south of Spain. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. It's cool. What about you? All right. So number four, a few years ago, Seth and I were traveling around Southeast Asia and we stopped in Nepal for a few weeks and uh, we spent time in Kathmandu. We, we were in Kathmandu for about five days and the curry there was outrageous. Just all the food there. But if I had to choose one, <sighs> then I would choose like lamb masala curry which okay. i mean it's so it's so typical but it's so i don't know i don't know eating eating curry in nepal there's no experience like it we keep chasing it we keep trying to find restaurants with the right kind of curry <laughs> but we had this one meal <clears throat> on top of monkey temple in Kathmandu it's called called Bunat. Okay. And this meal that we had, there was curry. We had masala chai tea, which if you haven't mm. had that, it's really good. Have you had it? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually boiled with milk and some sweetener, and it's just perfect. And then we had, like, yak cheese salad, which was also really good. Wow. Um, oh, my God. It was, like, a perfect day on top of the monkey temple. And then the monkeys tried to... The monkeys didn't get us on top of Swayambunat, but at the bottom we like bought some fruit and 
the guy we bought it from stood next to us while we ate it so he could, like, chase off the monkeys. Oh. I thought you were going to say, like, so he could see if you enjoyed it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be, like, fine. That would make sense anywhere else. But, yeah, he was just like, be careful, these monkeys. And they did. They tried to, like, come get our food. Dang. So, yeah, it was intense. Monkeys are aggressive, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the food was something that I'll never forget. Just like what kind of curry is it though? Is it a red curry? It's yeah. It's usually like a tomato base, I think, and then with some cream. Mm, that sounds mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Oh my God, Patrice, I've already eaten dinner and dessert, <laughs> and I'm like hungry again. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> I don't know if I'm gonna make it today after this conversation. Oh yeah, I know. All right, number three for you. Uh, so number three, when I was in the Balkans, like it's a region that's very intermixed and it's hard to say what's from where. So anyway, Burek, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Amazing, delicious, mm. uh, so cheap, so good. I've never heard of it. It's like phyllo pastry dough mm-hmm, filled mm-hmm. with... It can be filled with like potatoes or cheese or, and they have really good cheese there, by the way. Yeah. Or like spinach or meat or yeah. a lot of things. So it's kind of like the Balkans version of a dumpling, maybe? It's like bigger than a dumpling. It's usually mm-hmm. like the size of, imagine like a frisbee. Wow. And the one that really sticks out to me, I had in Montenegro. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, that size. It was, like, $2 or something. Two euros, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a spiral. Oh. And it's, like, rolled with that all the way in the spiral. Mm -hmm. Wow. mm. But it has different shapes, but that's the one that I really remember, especially. Okay, so it's not, like, put in the middle of the Frisbee. They take the dough and they roll it with the filling, and then they make a spiral. Yeah, exactly. size of the Frisbee. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about this. I feel like I really have to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, like, I was kind of worried when I was going to the Balkans, too. Any vegetarians out there listening? I was kind of worried. So I did a lot of research to see, like, okay, what are some things that I'll be able to eat? Because I had had a difficult experience in Russia. Just everything in Russia was, like, potatoes or meat. So I felt, like, malnourished mm-hmm. by the end of the trip. So I was like, oh, I should do better research this time. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they had great food in the Balkans. Wow. You know, it's, like, in the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, man. Like, for breakfast, everywhere we went, they had, like, bricks of feta cheese that you would just take and, like, eat for part of <sighs> breakfast. Okay, okay. Before you said chunks of feta cheese, I was like, maybe Seth and I can go there for a vacation next year. And then you said chunks of feta cheese, and I was like, it's over! It's game over! It's definitely happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And it's beautiful, too. Uh, Yeah. Aside from that. (laughs) Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I don't really know anything about the Balkans. That's really important information to have. Okay. So what about you? Number three. So, number three, I chose sushi in Japan near the Tsukiji Fish Market in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the sushi I had in Japan was just outrageous. Before I actually ever went there, I remember 
thinking, I don't really get raw fish. Like, why do people like raw fish so much? And then I got to Japan and I started eating raw fish in Japan. And I was like, this is why. (laughs) Because I don't know what it is. It's like, it's really savory. Okay. I don't know if they're just better at picking the fish or Japanese fish are particularly delicious. But the savory factor just jumps a lot of levels. You really understand what umami means. And the one that really sticks out to me was near the... So there's this fish market that you can go to in in Tokyo in the mornings called the Tsukiji Fish Market. And it's really famous. Mm -hmm. But you have to get up at like 3 a.m. to go. And I think it's not really made for onlookers. It's actually like people Mm. go there to buy fish. Yeah, okay. And it was not going to happen for me to wake up Seth to get there in time. (laughs) So we went in the morning. We got there like at... 10 or 11 and we couldn't even get onto the ground so it was like at the harbor and so we walked by and there were all these gates up so we weren't going to go in but Mm. we went down a little side street and we just stopped at this one sushi place where I'm sure the guy had gotten his sushi that morning and my favorite kind of raw fish that I never see sold anywhere else I've looked is mackerel okay yeah mackerel really it was really, really good. Yeah. Sushi in mm. Japan. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't really relate to the mm-hmm. fish part, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's like a whole different thing. They've got access to fresh fish all the time. And... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I should make a caveat. Sushi in Japan is not usually rolled up in seaweed. It's usually like a ball with something on top of it so a ball of Mm -hmm. rice with either a fish on top sometimes egg um Mm -hmm. they'll have they'll have things besides fish besides meat but i don't i don't remember what it was i just ate all of the meat all of the fish okay (laughs) but rotating sushi bars are everywhere there and they're all Mm -hmm. very good yeah they look really cool Mm -hmm. cool your turn okay so number two it's kind of hard Actually, kind of. No, super hard to pick from Italian cuisine. Mm-hmm. However, I do love a caprese salad mm. so much. With yeah, the, me too. Oh my God. When they have super ripe, fresh tomatoes and fresh cheese mm. and oh my God. And the basil. Yeah. And the mozzarella mm. comes from yeah. a buffalo if it's done right. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like what you can buy outside of Italy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's totally And, of true. course, the pasta, just in general. I know. I know. <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, Rachel and I made our lists totally separately, and I also chose Italy for my number two. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you think, or what did you put for Italian? Well, I put the pizza, actually pizza and pasta, but I'll talk about the pizza. Actually, it's super interesting. We did a tour of Italy for our honeymoon, and so Roman pizza and Naples pizza are like in competition with each other. And I'm trying to remember, one of them has thicker crust and one of them has thin crust. Isn't Neapolitan the thin? I think that's right. That's what I was thinking. We'll go with that. I don't know about you, but I'm a thick crust kind of gal. Okay. How about you? It depends, but I have loved the pizza that I've had in the south of Italy. 
Yeah, yeah. I also loved it. It's really hard to pinpoint what my favorite one was. Actually, probably the best pizza I had was also in Naples. It was this little place that was super famous for its pizza. Everything was cooked in a wood stove, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, pizza and pasta in Italy kind of ruined pizza and pasta everywhere else for me, unfortunately. yeah. (laughs) I mean, going to Italy is just like, I don't know. It's a delight for your mouth. Yeah, for your senses. Taste buds, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Everything about Italy just kind of like is perfect. Yeah. When I went, it was perfect. (sighs) Yeah. That's true. All right. Number one for you. Uh, Okay. So I had trouble, but Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't really decide what to pick from there but one thing that I do love is chilaquiles Mm -hmm. which is like Mm -hmm. tortilla chips and then there's usually well there are different toppings but you'll have either a green chili salsa or a red chili salsa Mm. and sometimes like it'll have meat or sometimes I've had it with beans that's really really good oh my god and then a lot of times with like queso fresco like fresh cheese or some kind of cream or mm, it's amazing mm-hmm. that sounds really good and also i've just had really good like the stuffed peppers like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah. i've had that before usually good. with cheese oh my god mm. Mm. so much delicious cheese yeah. And avocado. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What? Sorry, I just remembered something else delicious that I've had in Mexico. Oh, good. Go. <laughs> so I was with my mom and we were driving around with a guy that is from the hotel and he was so great. But we were in a really, really tiny town that had like under 100 people who lived there. And he was like, oh, they have green juice. Let's stop and get some. So... We hop out of the car. It's just like this woman's window of her house. And she's got a blender. Like, she put in aloe, cactus, celery, pineapple, I think. Orange juice, maybe. Mm. I can't remember what else. But, and just blended it all together. Put it in a little, like, Ziploc bag with a straw in it. And then... Like, we took it in the car, and it was amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, like, little unexpected things that you find that a lot of times turn out to be the best. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. What about your top? Well, actually, mine is also just kind of, like, something that I walked into. I was in Hanoi in Vietnam with Seth, and it was our first time ever in Vietnam, and... We just walked into this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant that was filled with locals. And they were eating bowls of soup, noodles. And I was like, I want that. I want what the guy next to me is eating. And Mm -hmm. luckily, actually, the guy next to me also spoke English. So he kind of walked us through the process of preparing it. But it was my first, the first time I ever ate pho. Okay. If you don't know what pho is, it's it's really popular now in the West, but I think at that point it hadn't... It was something that people ate, but it wasn't, like, huge yet. But anyway, yeah, it's a bowl of broth with noodles, and the broth is prepared in a really special way with, like, star of anise and 
bones, um, and then it's got like rice noodles, and then balls of meat, and then vegetables. Not a lot of vegetables. It's mostly meat and noodles, but then you can put in like cilantro and basil, like Thai basil, and sriracha is huge. A little soy sauce, a little fish sauce, and there's something else that goes in it. A little vinegar, maybe? But, mm-hmm. uh, and then you mix it all together. And it, it it was when I fell in love with pho. I ate it every day okay. we were in, <laughs> we were in Vietnam after that. <laughs> it's so good. So actually it's interesting, um, kind of like Italy where the pizza is different by North and South uh-huh. in Vietnam, the pho usually has thicker noodles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like thicker around, like the size of a pencil, maybe. And then in the south, they're a lot thinner, like more angel hair noodles. Mm. And because that was the first time I ever ate pho, I'm always disappointed because the noodles that I usually get are thinner because the majority of people who go to the U.S. from Vietnam are from the south. So they usually make it their style. But Oh, okay. I get it. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, I can talk about this for hours and hours, but I won't. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it was hard to skip over places like Morocco or right. places I've been in the U.S. as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Honorable mentions. New Orleans. Yeah. Korea had a lot of good stuff. I was surprised you didn't say the pickled plums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, actually, about the pickled plums. That's what happened. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. Southeast Asia in general, like Thailand and... Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I put together a list of tips to find really good yeah. food when you travel. Yeah, there's some good stuff here. Okay, cool. So, I'll start. Um, the first one I have is eat where the locals eat. When you go to a new place and you don't know what to eat, if a restaurant is full of locals then you know that it's probably going to be safe food and it's probably going to be really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And that's what we did in Vietnam. We went to a place that was just stuffed with locals. Yeah, and if you go to a place that's packed with tourists, I mean, you're going to probably be overcharged. Mm-hmm. The food's not going to be very good. Right. And you're going to pay a lot for yeah, it. Yeah, so. exactly. And now, like, after living in, in Madrid for a few years, I now see, like, all the places that are really touristy and it's just all tourists mm-hmm. like you don't see any locals there and right it's so expensive oh my mm-hmm. god it's like double the price mm-hmm. and usually not even worth it no not at all yeah and another tip do your research beforehand and what is it famous for so for example like i said when i went to the balkans i did a lot of research into their typical cuisine mm-hmm. And this also helps if you have, like, dietary restrictions, if you have allergies, if you have preferences or yeah, a lifestyle, something like that. You do have to do a little bit more research to figure out what you can eat. and yeah. But it's really worth it because you can find amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find out what to look out for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, don't just stick to what your guidebook tells you. Just your gut. So you might find a really great place that's just, like I said, a hole in the wall that guidebooks don't know about. So guidebooks often have some really great recommendations, 
but you don't have to mm-hmm. stick to them like a Bible. A lot of times guidebooks will be a little right. older too, and maybe the restaurant has decreasing quality since it came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you go somewhere, if you can't find the place that Lonely Planet recommended to you, it's okay. <laughs> You're going to find something really good. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, don't be worried too much about calorie consumption. When you're traveling, you're inherently walking a lot more, burning a lot more Mm -hmm. calories. Plus, if you're coming from the U.S., you're probably used to consuming a lot Mm -hmm. and bigger portion sizes and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, in my experience, I feel like food in the U.S. is a lot richer. After being abroad, you go back to the U.S. and the food is a lot more filling Yeah, because the portion sizes are so big. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends where you are, too. Like, Yeah, that's true. I definitely feel like when I've spent a couple weeks in Mexico, it's like, oof. Uh-huh. And it's so good, I just want to eat a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very and, true. But <laughs> so I think it depends on the cuisine, but mm-hmm. that's true. Like, And anyway, if you're traveling, it's not your like new lifestyle, so just embrace it. Right, exactly. All right, um, number five. It's very useful to travel with somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. for the purpose of food because you can get plates that you can share and sample each other's. Yeah, this is where I love traveling with, like, other vegetarians, too, because... Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Or just eating out in general with other vegetarians because we can, like, get a bunch of things and then share it all Mm -hmm. because normally I find myself, like, left out of that, so... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, or they'd be like, here, you can eat this one thing and then we're going to get a bunch of stuff to share. Oh, great. Thanks, guys. (laughs) <laughs> you can have a salad yeah here's here's a salad <laughs> they have salad and then we have like 25 choices is that good for you great <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on um eat small amounts in preparation for eating more later i like this one because yeah super true you don't want to fill up on the first place that you go to and I don't know about you but like well for example in Italy I like to have gelato Mm -hmm. multiple times per day (laughs) and so you know don't eat until you feel sick of course Mm -hmm. you might find little things that you want to try and you don't want to be too too full yeah yeah I'm really passionate about that one it's like something I always try to do when I'm traveling but it's sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really hard because you want to eat a lot yeah but in the early evening like you might find one place and like okay we'll have just a little bit here and then we can eat even more at another place and try (laughs) more things then you have room for things like gelato. Yeah. Although it is nice sometimes to like have a really nice like sit down mm-hmm. dinner where you get like several courses. That's also a nice thing. Mm-hmm. And like a bottle of wine or mm-hmm. something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just make it like a nice event. Mm-hmm. Cool. So number seven, don't be afraid to ask for help. Watch what locals do and eat the same way. Actually, Rachel's mom, Sally, said something really great in episode, I think it was episode nine, when we... Episode eight, yeah. Or episode eight, about their travel mishaps. Yeah, I think it was episode eight. She said, do what they do. Do what the locals do in all cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was talking about strapping her backpack to the overhead of a bus. Right. So people don't steal it. 
Um, yeah. It also applies here. Like, if you see somebody eating something, don't be afraid to be like, I'm eating, I'm eating that thing, and just follow them. And if you make eye mm-hmm. contact with them and they see that you're watching them, you can smile and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still do that in China. Like, I want that over there, that thing that somebody else is eating. (laughs) Cool. I kind of already talked about this a little bit, but food restrictions, this is a good one for you, too. Um, Yeah. If you're in a country where they speak a different language, learn words to help you out. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's more difficult than others, but I know in Korea it was difficult to learn all the words, but... (laughs) You know, try and make a little list. You can make it in a notebook, on your phone, something like that. Of some words that'll help you out. Yeah, at least write it down so if you can't say it, then your server can read it and process it. Right. Try to avoid confusion. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that story you were telling at some point about picking rice out of a rice and ham dish. Yeah. (laughs) In Korea. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sorry. (laughs) All right, number nine, we also talked a little bit about this, but avoid tourist traps. The food is usually a watered-down version of what you can really get in the local cuisine. Not always, but it'll be like, oh, look at how fancy this is, and sometimes, you know, you'll kind of lose quality Mm -hmm. to do that. And it's not going to be as authentic as if you get it from where the locals get it. And it'll be super overpriced. Like, yeah, the menu might be easier to read, but... But yeah, when I go to those places, I don't feel like I'm really connecting with the food as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I know in Europe, they do this a lot. They buy like stock images of food or something. And then they use that on their like signs outside. And it's like a standing sign. And it's just like pizza. And it's just you've seen like 12 other restaurants that have the same picture of pizza. (laughs) I never noticed that in Europe. Oh, that's so sneaky. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't look good in the first place. But anyway, yeah, if you see that kind of thing, it's not going to be good quality. Yeah, that's really good advice. Also, sometimes if the menu is in too many languages, it's probably really touristy as well. Yeah, that's a really good thing to watch out for. I've been some places where every place had a menu in like four languages. I'm thinking like Menorca. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't a restaurant that didn't have that. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But Right. Just do your best. Yeah. These are just pointers. You don't have to stick to it. Right, of course. <laughs> and if you feel like, you know, going to visit the Golden Arches, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. that's your choice. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's fun to experience it in like another place. Like I know I went in Japan and it's Mm -hmm. totally different than McDonald's in the US. So yeah, that's true. That can be fun. Yeah. Like I know that in Germany, for example, the McDonald's quality is a lot better than it is Mm -hmm. in the US because in the US you can keep the lettuce, for example, for up to three days. But in Germany, food regulations allow you to keep it for only one day. So the lettuce is always fresh, like the produce. Okay, And also I think I mean, this is a tangent, but um, American fast food restaurants are often of higher quality abroad. They're still, like, terrible for you, but they might not be quite as greasy. (laughs) Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they have McCafe in Europe, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, fancy and Mm -hmm. nice. 
Yeah. And I've been and it's actually really good. Right. <laughs> well, finally, keep an open mind. I like how you said this. Um, an ugly meal might be the best thing you ever ate. Mm-hmm. Super true. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you might look at it and be like, Ugh, what is that? Like? <laughs> yeah. And it turns out it's don't judge a meal by its appearance or a book mm-hmm. by its cover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that happens a lot in China. Like, they prepare eggplant a certain way. Uh-huh. It's, like, covered in garlic, which I love. I love garlic. But the first time I ever saw it, I was like, what is that? Because they cut it down the middle, and then they cook it so that it's, like, really slimy, and it's got, like, sauces on it, and it looks really weird, but it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. And a vegetarian who was in China for a while, she she raved about it. Nice. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything we have for yeah. this week. Hopefully you're not too hungry now. <laughs> yeah. I know. I definitely am. I'm just going to need to suck it up. Let's <laughs> get, to, get to lunch, Patrice. So uh, we didn't get a Lost in Translation moment this week. But have no fear. I think we're both full of stories. <laughs> I have one, actually. Last week, we talked to Abdullah about Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And this this one involves Abdullah. He and I, we laugh all the time when we're together. Because, I don't know, we just bring it out of each other. Usually mm-hmm. half of our conversation is laughing. So when I was teaching him, I remember I took a group of students to the movies as part of just a work work requirement or it was like oh who wants to take the international students to the movies and I was like I'll do it so we all took a van and uh, we went to see I'm terrible at movie names so I don't remember this one but it involves another being taking over the world and uh, and like somebody has to make a robot to save the world mm-hmm so Seth and I go out to dinner after the movie with Abdullah and another friend. And Seth is kind of explaining the movie to them because at this point, their English is like intermediate level. Obviously, Abdullah's English is advanced now, but they're still kind mm-hmm. of trying to understand what's going on. And obviously, there were no subtitles for them in Arabic. And Seth was explaining the plot of the movie. So there are these aliens and they try to take over the world. And then somebody builds a robot to save the planet. Mm-hmm. And Abdullah's listening to Seth and everything's going fine. But his friend, Ride, his eyes are getting bigger and bigger when Seth is talking. And he's like, he's like, wow, you're very smart. And we realized that Ride did not get that Seth was actually talking about the movie. He thought Seth was like, describing an experience that he had. (laughs) (laughs) Seth was like, Ryan, I didn't build the robot. We're talking about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was really funny. So we laughed for, like, 20 minutes. That's super funny. Yeah, it was really classic. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, one of those those times when you just... You kind of understand what's happening and you get the gist of it, but you miss, like, the key point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
like the basic underlying part of the story. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It was really cute. <laughs> All right. So uh, let us know what you thought about the show. Have you had any amazing food experiences while traveling? We'd love to hear your experience with it. And if you have any more advice for finding really good food, let us know in the comments for the show notes. We'll read it yeah. out next week. And if you have like a really good food that you've tried, you should try and leave us a picture mm-hmm. in the comment. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And don't don't forget to send us your Lost in Translation moment on our website. Actually, very exciting. This week, I put a voice recorder in the contact section of our website. So the maximum recording time is 90 seconds. So if you have to send us two <laughs> recorded moments, that's okay. Yeah, if you have a Lost in Translation moment that you'd like to share with us, or a comment in general that you want to record, you can go to the contact section of our website and just, it's really easy. Press start recording and then we'll get the email. Yeah, super fancy. Yeah, it is. But it, but you can also <laughs> just send us a voice note via email. Either one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That keeps you up to date mm-hmm. uh, with When we release new episodes, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We do like to share some interesting content throughout the week, Mm -hmm. so that'll keep you in the know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps people find us. When we have more reviews, then we get more visibility. So that would really support us. We don't get paid to do this podcast so uh one of the things that keeps us going besides the fact that we're excited about it is reviews from you yeah we like to hear what you think what we're doing well what we can improve Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah tell your friends about it Mm -hmm. if you enjoyed it so yeah yeah well thanks so much for listening everybody and have a great week thanks Thanks.